Are you ready for the Word of God? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for always visiting us, visiting with us. Thank you, Lord, that your presence is here. Thank you, Lord, that your anointing falls so thickly upon this congregation. And thank you, Lord, that your favor rests upon your people. For every time, Lord, your people decide to gather here to honor you, you anoint that decision with your presence. So come, Holy Spirit, now and speak unto us as you always do in ways only you can so that every heart that has come excited and expectant shall receive from the fullness of your counsel. In the name of Jesus, everyone will say, Amen. Just to get you on the same page, we are now in a series of, uh, of uh, sermons that I started three Sundays ago. On the first Sunday of the year, we preached about the gifts of a clean slate. How the onset of a new year always ushers in that divine hope that God has purged us from whatever effects, ill effects of our past errors. And because of that, in Jesus, we have the freedom to choose what is right. And because of that, we know that every step we take is purpose punctuated. To him who is in Christ, he is a new creation, the Bible says. The old is gone and the new has come. And then two Sundays ago, we talked about the sickness called blindness, how it limits people. And we talked about a character called Bartimaeus, how in his desperation, he called out to the son of David to have mercy on him. And Jesus stopped and spoke the healing into blind Bartimaeus. And from that moment on, he was blind no more. And he became a disciple of Jesus. And so we pray that at the onset of this year, that the Lord will lift the scales in our physical eyes, our spiritual eyes, so that we can behold the beautiful things that God has in store for our community. And so last Sunday, we started casting the vision that I believe the Lord has inspired our pastors and our elders with. The Lord is casting the vision to us that all of us, we are like trees, a planting of the Lord. We are oaks of righteousness. And so this picture will remain here for the next few months just so it will be a visual trigger for all of us. And so we are always hidden by the cross of Christ. And that is what we are, ladies and gentlemen. And last Sunday, we have received the precious promises of the Lord. If you are that Psalm chapter 1 tree, a tree planted by streams of waters that yields its fruit in season, a tree whose leaves do not wither, a tree whose every endeavor prospers, we received all of these promises that, you know, see, look around, you know, mga kaibigan, look around you. The Lord says, I'm going to cause streams of provisions to come unto you, Lighthouse family. Ang batis ng pagpapala kailanman ay hindi manunuyot. That we will experience our seasons of fruitfulness right there. That we will yield our fruit in season. All the sacrifices that we have been doing all these years, the Lord will never put our efforts in vain. This is a time of reaping the harvest. But the Lord says there will be trials, but the sustenance will be greater still. Magkakaroon tayo ng kalakasan sa mga pagsubok na dumarating. And in every pursuit that we will do for the glory of God, the Lord will crown it with His success. And so, last Sunday, we just prayed together as a family. The Lord was just evidently manifest in our presence. But we ended that Sunday by saying, it is not 
for comfort's sake that the Lord has comforted us. The Apostle Paul would say, we have been comforted so that we can give comfort to those people who badly need the comfort of the world, of the Lord. And so, we put in here another visual. The visual of a broken world. That's the reason why we are here. Because while we enjoy all of these promises, mga kaibigan, the sustenance, the provisions, the success, the streams of provisions, while we are hidden by the power of the cross and we are oaks of righteousness, it is not for our own comfort that we have been comforted. It is because there's a world so broken, the wicked that are perishing, ang mga bihag, ang mga bulag, na naghihintay ng kanilang paglaya. And so we say, we share Jesus and we make disciples. That's the main essence why the Lord has given us this mandate. We call it the Great Commission. It has never changed and it will never change. It is always about Jesus. Even when the music fades, as the song would go a while ago, and everything is stripped away, and we simply come in before the presence of God, we realize everything is about Jesus. And so today, we tackle the second part of this vision casting roadmap 2020. If you have your Bibles, please open your Bibles now to the book of Psalm 32, verse 8. I will jump from this point of view. Out of reverence for God's Word, let us all rise again. Psalm 32, verse 8. Let's read this out loud from the bottom of our hearts. Ready, go. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Say that again with feelings. Ready, go. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Place your Bibles over your, over your hearts and say this with me again. This is my Bible. This is God's holy word. God's sweet, powerful, anointed, life-changing word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. And so by faith, I receive the inspired, life-changing word of God. Whatever I hear, I will do. Whatever I receive, I will share. I will share Jesus and make disciples. In His most holy name we pray. Everyone will say. You may be seated. When you are coming in, you must have received our Roadmap 2020 Prayer and Fasting Guidelines or Prayer Points as we now enter into our last week of prayer and fasting as a church. It has been greatly benefiting me personally the moments with the Lord. And so if you have not committed yet to prayer and fasting, join the whole church, church, at least for the last seven days. Fast for a meal, fast for two meals, fast for a day, fast for two days. And I promise you, not on my word, but on the promise of the Lord. Whenever the, the people of the Lord come to Him with broken hearts, the Lord visits with us. And so as we continue to anticipate the full unleashing of the Lord's vision unto all of us, let us pray and fast. Why is it important? I remember a story I shared with the pastors 
There were three men. They were sentenced because of a crime that they did. And so they were sentenced to 30 years in prison. But before they would be locked up, the jailer gave them one favor. You can request for one last request. We will grant it to you. And so one inmate said, I'll be here for the next 30 years. Might as well. He said, Mr. Jailer, can you send me 10,000 books that I will read for the next 30 years? And 10,000 books were given. Another inmate said, I'll be here for the next 30 years. I want to raise a family. Can I take my wife with me? And so the wife was given, and so they were both put to prison. The other one said, I don't have a wife. I don't want to study. But I'm a smoker. Please give me 20,000 boxes of cigarettes that I will consume for the next 30 years. Time flew. After 30 years, when they were released, the one that ordered for the books took an online course while he was in prison. He already had a PhD after 30 years. The second one that took his wife, after 30 years, they came out. Five children already, mga kaibigan. They were excited. What happened to the one that ordered the cigarettes? When they opened the door, the young man was so frustrated, he said, 30 years, 30 years. Does anyone have a lighter? Does anyone have a match? Sometimes he already got it in us. We already have what we need. But sometimes we need a match. Oftentimes we need a match. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. Because we can have everything in this world. But if God is evidently absent, we can have all the trimmings, all the trappings, all the accolades. We can have all of these additives and all of these additional things in our lives. But without the fire of the Holy Spirit, we will remain frustrated. And so what is our roadmap? for 2020. I only have three points for you today. Let me start with our motivation. Our motivation, as you will see also, this will, keep, this will be your, your uh, sermon guide uh, prayer points. Our motivation really is the Stephen attitude. If the Lord, if the Holy Spirit will truly unfold and manifest Himself in our community for this year and beyond, let us be reminded of a disciple named Stephen. For many of you probably, he's not such a big name in the kingdom of God, not unless you're a reader of the book of Acts. For so often, we veer towards the big names in the kingdom, the Elijahs, the Davids, the Solomons, the Peters and the Pauls and the Timothys, right? But whoever has known Stephen? By the way, our youngest is named Caleb Stephen. So that's, what, that's how attached I am to this name. Because I have been a disciple, I've been a student of the life of Stephen. Our motivation, I believe, that the Lord is bringing us back into for 2020 and beyond is that we have to bring back the Stephen attitude. Let's go to the Word of God. Open your books to the book of Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 records in verse 1, if you are there, and it's also here in our PowerPoint, that in those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained. Hellenistic Jews meaning the Greek Jews. Meaning they are Greek people, they speak the Greek language, but somehow they have embraced the Jewish religion. 
the Hellenistic Jews amongst them and complained against the Hebraic Jews. Hebraic Jews are the ones, Nataka Israel, the Hebrew-speaking Jewish people. What was their complaint? They complained because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, stop there for a while. Itong pagkain talaga matagal ng pinag-aawayan na ng maraming tao ito mga kaibigan. That's why you need to fast, ladies and gentlemen. Because from the onset of biblical times, food has always been a contentious area, contentious issue amongst many people. Pagpagkain ang pinag-uusapan, pagpagkain ang dineprive, naglalabasan ng mga pangil ng maraming tao, mga kaibigan. I-deprive mo na lang ako ng lahat ng bagay, wag lang ng pagkain. See, even in the book of Acts, chapter 6, the, the church, they just experienced the Pentecost. They just experienced the coming of 5,000 people to the faith in just a five-minute preaching of Peter. They are all abuzz about the resurrection of Jesus. These are first-century disciples. Sina Pedro, Sina Matthew, they were still alive and they could not stop talking about the words of Jesus Christ. How the Lord healed this, how the Lord raised this, how the Lord opened the blind, the eyes of the blind. They were all abuzz with all these Memories when Jesus Christ walked the planet earth. But look how all of this could be dampened when food is the matter. Pambihira, double rice sila sa amin, isang rice lang. Bakit sila may adobo sa amin, mitsado lang. Yung ganun yung pinag-aawayan nila. And so they were complaining about the portions that maybe they are, because most of the apostles were Jewish people, Hebraic Jews, Maybe they were complaining that there was favoritism in the house. And so they started grumbling and grumbling. And so the apostles somehow, in their zeal to preach the Word of God, they were kind of slowed down by this. And so the twelve, by this time of course, wala na si, uh, wala na si Judas, and he was replaced by Matthias. So the twelve apostles gathered all the disciples together, and they said, they came to their senses, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order just to wait on tables. They knew their priorities. They knew their priorities that their calling is to spread this gospel as fast as they could, as far as they could, to as many people as they could reach. But now they're being saddled by this logistical nightmare, by this distribution kink. Food distribution Hindi na sila nakakapag-preach. Why? Because they're trying to pacify the Greek Jews and the Hebraic Jews because they are now about to clash against one another. Culture-wise, they are so different. And now when food was at stake, oh, this was a very tenuous situation. It could erupt anytime. Mas malakas pa sa Taal Volcano mga kaibigan. And so they came to their senses. It is not right for us to wait on tables. Not that waiting on tables was such a mundane task that they were above it. No, 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 no. The apostles just knew that priorities have to be set aright. The apostles knew that their time was limited, that their time was brief. Persecution was now starting to mount. They were now being They were being hunted like wild animals. Murmurs and rumors all around the town were saying that the people of Caiaphas or the people of Pilate were out to behead them, were out to crucify them as they did Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and so they knew the priorities. They had to prioritize. It is not right for us to wait on tables. And so, what was the resolution? Brothers and sisters, 
they said, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them. And now we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. You say, to the ushers in the house, I honor you today. You know why? Because the very first ministry in the very first church in the very first century is ushering ministry. Palapakan natin ang mga ushers, mga kaibigan. Never ever look down on your ministry ushers. Because if, if it were not for the ushers during the first century church, the word would not have spread as fast as it did. But there were qualifications that had to be satisfied. Seven men, maybe the complete number of the Lord. But they have to be men full of spirit and wisdom. Men that are responsible. Men that will take this and they will not consider this as a put down on them. Bakit kayo lang ba marunong mag-preach? Ba't kami mag-waiter lang? No, they did not consider that as a mundane task. They did not consider that as something to be looked down upon. They consider that as a job that entailed the infilling of the Spirit and the wisdom from on high. Why? Because again, food was the issue. Pag hindi tama ang takal ng rice, mag-aaway-aaway mga kaibigan. Alright? So there was wisdom needed in this ministry. And you know the rest of the story. Verse 5, this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And along with Stephen, were named the, the first ushers in the first century Christianity. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. Verse 6, and they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And look at this, verse 7. When Stephen and Prochorus and Timon and all of these seven others said yes to the calling of ushering and being waiters, what does verse 7 say? The word of God spread. It did not say, and the widows complained no more. No, it did not say that. It did not say, and there were no hungry people anymore. It did not say that. It was just a byproduct. When people volunteer, when people are willing to do the back, backstage job, when people are willing not to be at the front and center of the preaching ministry, when people are willing to say, I'm going to wait on people, I'm going to wait on tables, I'm going to make sure that everyone's tummy is filled, that's my ministry. Look at this. In every page of the scripture, Translated in every language, the name of Stephen, the name of Prochorus, the name of Parmenas and Nicanor and Timon and Nicholas, they will forever be mentioned by the people of God as their names are now being mentioned as all, at all times in the presence of Jesus in heaven. The word of God spread. And look at this. What's the result? The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And even a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I'd like to cast this vision, Lighthouse family. We are now entering our 30th year. 30 years, 30 years that the Lord has moved in our church. And 30 years we have seen the ups and downs of ministry. We have seen the upheavals. We have seen death. We have seen people leaving. We have seen people coming. We have seen people rising. We have, people, we have even seen to our hearts breaking. We have seen people backslid. 
We have seen many things for the last 30 years. But if there's one thing that is forever embedded in my heart, it's that in this church I have seen devoted servants. In this church I have seen people who doesn't mind not being named, who doesn't mind not being recognized, who doesn't mind not even being applauded in the last 30 years, hindi man sila nakatanggap ng palakpak. And yet, they have done that which has been assigned to them year in, year out, day in, day out, Sunday in, Sunday out. Many nameless saints, or may I say, many faceless names. You can only hear of names, Boy Hernandez, but you don't see Brother Boy always on stage. And yet, the thousands of lives being reached by Mr. and Mrs. Boy and Elaine Hernandez, all oh, these names will forever be written in the Lamb's Book of Life because we have Stephens in our church willing to do the neck, the back-breaking jobs, bereft of recognition, bereft of applause, because they know they serve the audience of one. And so, for the servants in the house, I give praise to the Lord for you. I give praise to the Lord for you. Wag tayong manginginawa sa pagsisilbi ng Panginoon because when everyone, my friends, I really say this, when everyone in the church has an attitude of servanthood, just like Stephen, oh God will bless Lighthouse even more with growth. Because servanthood is attractive. Service is attractive. Even in the secular world, we always go for the best customer service. We go back to a restaurant even if the food is not too great, but if you felt welcome, if the waiters and the concierge and the uh, manager made you feel at home, babalik-balikan mo yun, correct? We are not necessarily the biggest, the richest, the best, nicest church in the area, but if Lighthouse is to be known to the rest of the world, to the rest of the broken world seeking for answers, let Lighthouse be known as a church of Stephens. We might not have the Pauls and the Peters and the Elijahs and the fire and brimstone people. But if we can have Stephens in our midst, the Lord will bring people to this church because they know the souls that will be moved in here, that will be brought in here, will never be neglected. Because we will have Stephens who will care to go down to his knees and wash the dishes and clean the tables and make sure that everyone is ministered to. By the way, Stephen started as a waiter, as an usher. Flip to Acts chapter 7. I don't have time to preach it here today. But flip to the second part of Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7. Stephen became the first martyr because he preached a sermon in the presence of the enemies. And he bravely declared the counsel of the Lord from the time of Abraham to Moses to Solomon to David. And on the day they stoned him to death. But before he died, he said, I see the windows, the doors of heaven, the King of glory. I see the King of glory. I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And even before he fell asleep, the turn for death for the saints, Stephen said, Lord Jesus Receive my spirit into your kingdom. He started as an usher. He became the first martyr. My point here, mga kaibigan, is this. I pray, Lighthouse family, that you will trust your pastors and your elders and your leaders to place you where you are needed. So that as you do the things that's needed to be done in the church, 
from this vantage point, the Lord can show you where He truly wants you. Ushering is a great start. Levites is a great start. Parking attendant is a great start. Maybe you say, Pambihira, my master's degree ako. Pambihira, manager ako sa aking kumpanya. Pambihira, nakatravel na ako all over the world. Gagawin mo lang akong usher. Gagawin mo lang akong parking attendant. The Lord needs you there probably. And I have seen it. I have seen it. People that said yes to even the most mundane of tasks. In due time, the Lord lifts them up. In due time, the Lord makes that mundane experience as their platform to tell the whole world that the Lord is a Lord of details. He sees every sweat. He sees every cry. He sees every quiet prayers that you speak. You don't have to always be here in the pulpit. Give it a choice. I'd rather be there. I'd rather be listening to Brother Peter preach. I'd rather be listening to some other preachers preach. But in the season of my life, I'm being tasked by the Lord to stand here in the pulpit. But I pray that many of us will be more like Stephens in this church. That is our motivation. That's our roadmap, mga kaibigan. If we're going to share Jesus and make disciples, let us be Stephens for the rest of our lives. Akbayan yung katabi. Akbayan, sabi mo lang, you are a Stephen. Kumbabayan, Stephanie, alright? Roadmap, that's our motivation. Our action is the Andrew Initiative. Another name that does not figure as prominently as the other names in the Bible. Have you ever heard of preaching done by Andrew? Not much. Probably in the whole Bible, in the whole gospel, he spoke probably one line, two lines maximum. Who was Andrew? Andrew was Simon Peter's brother. Andrew, John chapter 1, verses 40 to 42, says that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John said and who had followed Jesus. Verse 41. The first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and to tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Again, another not so famous name, not so prominent character in the Bible, just like Stephen. But Andrew will forever be significant because if it were not for Andrew, Peter would not have been brought to the presence of Jesus. If it were not for Andrew, the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes would not have been done. Because when Jesus said, let us feed this multitude because they are hungry, the other disciples said, oh, it would take eight months' worth of salary just to feed this 5,000. But Andrew said, wait, wait, Lord, I see a boy. He's got a baon. He's got fish, he's got bread, and he brought the boy to Jesus. And you know the rest of the story. Andrew's calling, Andrew's initiative is always to bring people to Jesus. Andrew was the one who was approached by Philip. Philip was approached by a group of Greek believers. We have questions about Jesus. Philip approached Andrew. Andrew may nagtatanong tungkol kay Jesus. It was Andrew who brought these Greek believers 
to Jesus. And maybe that's the reason why there were Greek widows. Because the Greek believers were brought by Andrew to Jesus. Lighthouse family, this is a roadmap for 2020 and beyond. Not only will we be Stephens ready to do, to do acts of service, but we will be Andrews. We might not have the opportunity that the Apostle Paul had. We might not have the opportunity that Pastor Albert has, that Brother Peter has to be on television. We might not have the opportunity to even hold a microphone. But we have every opportunity to bring people to Jesus. Come on, you can give an applause to the Lord for that, mga kaibigan. Because when everyone becomes active in evangelism like Andrew, oh my friends, the Lord, our God, will bless Lighthouse with growth. Don't complicate the matters of the faith. I was listening to the thread of Pastor Chuck yesterday and he said, the brand of evangelism that we have in Lighthouse is evangelism by inclusion. And I got reminded of the thought that I heard from Chuck Quinley some 20 years ago. Evangelism by inclusion. And what is that? Just include people in your meal. When you're in the office, may nakikita ang opisina walang kasamang maglunch, sabay ka na sa amin. You have a neighbor that has been a hermit all of these years. Wala siyang kasama pag New Year's Eve, pag Valentine's Day, pag all of these events. Include them. Hey, may dinner sa bahay. Sali ka. Evangelism by inclusion. Just by inviting people. And in that table of fellowship, where you have probably a steak, or just a simple laing, or a simple tilapia, in the table of fellowship, they will see in you the love of Christ, and you will have the chance to proclaim and witness about what God has done for you. You will have been an Andrew that invites people to the very presence of Jesus. Amen? And so I, I say here, let's do the work of VIP. Tell the person beside you, VIP ka kaibigan. Okay? Very important person. Let's do, the, let's do the work of VIP. Why? Because lost people matter to God and they ought to matter to the church. Everyone is important. For this reason, the man, the Son of God, came to seek and to save that which was lost. But for you, believers, hindi na kayo lost. What is the VIP work that now you have to do? I call this a VIP work. Visit people. Invite people. Present the gospel to people. That's the work of VIP. Minimum of one. You don't have to have an audience of what? 700 people like this in a Sunday like this. You don't have to have that. If God gives you that opportunity, grab it. If God gives you a platform that talks to millions of Filipinos like CBN Asia, grab it. Do your best. But for most of us, our opportunity is to have one-on-one, face-to-face, eye-to-eye meetings with people. How does it happen? Just like Andrew, invite people. Visit them in their homes. Invite people to Jesus. Invite people to fellowship with you over a cup of coffee. Our founding pastor would say, the best evangelism tool is the coffee table. Because when the heart, when the stomach is full, the hearts are open. The hearts become open and you cannot present the gospel unto them. Tell the person beside you, you can do the work of VIP. That's Roadmap 2020, mga kaibigan. It is not Pastor George's job alone to present the gospel. Oh, I will. I always do. But it is every Lighthouse member's responsibility, every believer of the Lord, every disciple of God, you have been given the great commission. Do the work of VIP. Visit people. 
Invite them to your home. Invite them to church. Invite them to your DG. And when the Holy Spirit prods, present the gospel to them. A gospel of love. A gospel of forgiveness. A gospel of repentance. A gospel of the kingdom. We can do that. Can we? Serve like Stephen. Evangelize like Andrew. And lastly, Roadmap 2020. Let's do our progression. How do we increase? How do we multiply? How do we manifest the spread of God's Word? Let's do it the Acts 2 way. That will be your prayer points on Wednesday and Thursday this week. And what's the Acts 2 way? Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold properties and possessions to give everyone who had need. Verse 16, verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And look at this. When they did it the Acts 2 way, the result was always the same. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What was the Acts 2 way? The Acts 2 way was not always like this. The Acts 2 church was not always a congregation of 400, 500, 1,000 people. No. The Acts 2 way was a congregation of home-based discipleship groups where people, five, seven, ten of them, would gather in a circle and they could see each other eye to eye. Everyone would do potluck, pot bless, kanya-kanyang dala, kanya-kanya contribute. The Acts 2 way was never that it was always the rich making libre the poor. No. Everyone had something to contribute. And everyone would pray for each other. They would not wait for Peter to preach on a Saturday, Sabbath, or a Sunday, the Lord's Day. They would not even wait for that preaching time. Even as they gathered in their homes, they would pray for each other. And as we read a while ago, even right there in that small circle, signs and wonders and miracles were being manifested by God. That is our progression. We've got to multiply the church. Thank God for this beautiful sanctuary that we've been given. Thank God that every day, every Sunday, improvements are coming so that the people of God will be comfortable. But my friends, don't let this comfortable place lull you into inaction because this doesn't this is not the intent of this. We are here to be empowered. We are here to hear testimonies. We are here to have reunions so that from Monday to Saturday, we can have our home-based discipleship groups. So that we can have our home-based prayer meetings. So that we can have our home-based evangelisms where we can visit people, where we can invite people, where we can present the gospel in the comfort, in the coziness, in the familiarity of our very own homes. That's the Acts 2 way, ladies and gentlemen. And let me end by saying, when the people of God devote themselves to God's Word, to worship, to prayer, to fellowship, to generosity, like what we saw in Acts 2 church, 
then I pray, I am believing that this year and beyond, God will bless Lighthouse with growth. In the name of Jesus, everyone will say, Amen. Palapakan natin si Lord, mga kapatid, for that is the vision of the Lord. So let me coin again a very familiar phrase, a very familiar phrase to the old-timers here in Lighthouse. Lighthouse is about building big people. We are not small-minded people. Small-minded people, they are here today, they could be gone tomorrow. Small-minded people, a little inconvenience here, a little inconvenience there, oh, they're gone. Small-minded people, kunting tampo, kunting nakagalit, oh, they're out of Lighthouse. We are big people. We transcend personality differences. We're big people. We're growth-minded people. We are big people. We receive feedback coming from God through the people of God. We are big people. We can be rebuked. Why? Because we know a wound from a friend is better than a kiss from an enemy. The rebuke of the pastor might hurt you, but you'll even thank that person because that friend is coming from a position of love. Those are big people. That will be our progression, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to grow as a church, not only in numbers, but in rootedness. We will be oaks of righteousness. We will grow deep. We will grow high. We will grow in fruitfulness. And we affirm we are truly a church of big people. I have coined what does big mean. We are builders. We are intentional. We are generational. We build other people up. It is not about us. It is about the commission of the Lord to disciple people up to the very ends of the earth. Enough of the time, Lighthouse family. Enough of the time that for you, Christianity is mere coming to church on a Sunday. Enough of lukewarm Christianity. Now is the moment and now is the time and I'm echoing the Great Commission to all of us. As you go, make disciples of all people. That is the Great Commission and that will always be the Great Commission of God. We will be builders of lives. We will be builders of disciples. We will be intentional in every relationship that we enter into. And we will be generational because this is not just for the here and the now. We are going to do this work until Jesus comes again.